Hi everyone, welcome to episode 4 of the University of Greenwich Sustainability Podcast. If this is your first time listening, this is a podcast to discuss sustainability at the University of Greenwich and our wider lives. Hopefully, with these short podcasts, we can provide a good starting point for you guys to delve into sustainability topics and hopefully engage with the wider sustainability team or eco-team projects. So here today, I'm joined with Simon Goldsmith. Simon, would you like to give yourself an introduction? Yeah, hello everybody. Uh, Yes, my name's Simon Goldsmith. I'm Head of Sustainability at the University of Greenwich. Perfect. So, um, as continuing with the theme of fun facts, I thought Simon could deliver today's fun fact. Yeah, uh, well, so there's a bit of an anniversary, really. So uh, the first uh, solar or photovoltaic cell was invented by Bell Labs on April 25th, 1954. This had a 6% efficiency. Uh, Things have progressed pretty well since then. So today's uh, solar cells can reach an efficiency of roughly about 29%. uh, And the good news, really, for us is that in many parts of the world that uh, photovoltaic or solar power is actually a lot cheaper than uh, energy produced by coal. So hopefully we'll see a lot more coal uh, fired power stations either not being built or uh, being phased out because they're um, from a financial cost um, point of view uh, inefficient. That's great news. So this episode is based around Simon's role as the head of sustainability and sustainability at the University of Greenwich. So just as a bit of background, Simon, could you describe your role as the head of sustainability? What are your key responsibilities and what parts of your job do you enjoy? Uh, Yes, so I suppose ultimately what my role is and the team's role is to help the university reduce its impacts uh, and also to help our staff and students deliver solutions uh, that I suppose a sustainable planet really needs. Um, And from our point of view, we kind of think about sustainability as something that really touches on everything that we do, how we operate, how we teach, how we undertake research. And the more that we can consider sustainability in all those areas, then the better off we will be. We will reduce the amount of resource that we use, uh, the the amount of energy, for example, so that would have a reduction on our uh, carbon footprint. It would mean that uh, we we generate less waste, for example, so there's um, down the line, there's less of an environmental impact because of that. Um, it means that uh, when we're sort of buying other things that we, you know, we may need to buy less or we buy more um, sustainable options. Alternatively, if we're teaching, then we want to engage our, our, our teaching staff to make sure that they understand sustainability and that sustainability relates to the, the courses that they run. And equally, with the research that we undertake, there's a huge opportunity really to make sure and align our, our research with sustainability principles. Uh, and the way, the way that I look at this is that the higher education sector has a huge opportunity really, I think, to be a massive lever for change for sustainability because at any point within the UK, there's roughly about 2 million students actively learning. There's four, five, 600,000 active researchers actually undertaking research. The HE sector spends roughly 30 billion pounds a year on basically running. So if we think of actually about aligning that with sustainability, so you know, how do we then all teach so that our, our graduates go out and apply their, their sustainable teaching in the, the graduate work they do, or how do our researchers actually enable the inventions and the ways of doing things to actually align with sustainability, then I think the future is, is pretty possible. And that's one of the reasons I came into the HE sector, because I thought there's a, an opportunity for transformational change within the sector. So what we try and do within Greenwich is to say to everybody, actually, yes, there's sustainability can really add some value with what you do. And part of what we need to then do is to make sure there's a, an awareness around sustainability, uh, what it means, uh, what it means to people's day-to-day work, what it means on a on a global scale. 
um, all the way down to what it means in terms of sort of saving energy by switching off your lights or powering down your computer. It all can make a difference. So what we try and do is to engage everybody, whether it's our students, our staff, uh, any visitors or contractors that come onto our, our campuses and anybody we can help to, to kind of make a difference, really. Our work is is not, you know, it, it is very much about sort of seeing how we can reduce our impacts and engage others. And that can that engagement is very much from vice chancellor uh, in terms of strategic decision making that needs to happen so uh, so we work with with her really and the um, senior team to think actually how does sustainability add value uh, within what we do as a university so how does it for example prove our reputation on our profile how does it help drive investments so they they have a kind of long-term good that, that's associated with it. Uh, how can we illustrate that the employers that, you know, the high-end employers that our grads want to work with, they're very interested in sustainability. So how do we make sure that employability uh, connects very much with sustainability so our students and our teaching staff realise the potential of sustainability and, and do things towards that, really? So we, we're we a very small team. Uh, it's a team essentially of myself, uh, David Jackson, who's our sustainability project officer. And also we employ uh, students, uh, Neil Lewis, who's been working with us on a number of projects, particularly to engage our students. However, what we always say is that everybody within the university is also part of the team because they can all do a difference to deliver sustainability in their day-to-day work or their actions beyond that. Great. So you touched on a lot of the topics that lead on to my next question. As you mentioned, universities are very diverse institutions with a wide variety of departments that contain complex equipment. As you mentioned, a large population of staff and students that generate a lot of waste. And again, a varied estate where biodiversity requirements must be addressed. Would you agree with that? And what are some of the specific challenges with creating a sustainable campus at the University of Greenwich? And what have been some of your favourite initiatives to address these challenges? We have quite a few significant impacts that we want to address. So, for example, our carbon footprint is is roughly, well, if we just look at the energy we use to heat and power our estate, then that's roughly about eight 9,000 tonnes of carbon a year. Um, so that's certainly one area that we want to sort of tackle because there are huge opportunities to obviously reduce our carbon footprint. But aligned with that we can save ourselves some money as well really so carbon opportunity is there it's sometimes quite challenging to always enable um and you know one thing that we want to do is to to touch on and and look at whether or not we can achieve a net zero outcome Um, other areas that we're looking at always is uh, is uh waste reduction Uh, currently we have a roughly about a uh, 52 percent recycling rate however realistically it's it's not impossible to reach a 70 percent recycling rate uh, and it's certainly possible to do actually a lot more however it's often quite challenging to to ensure that everybody understands you know the importance uh, and the ease of recycling you know where to put you know the materials which bin it goes into Uh, and it's often quite frustrating that people often get it quite wrong although we will put you know, the relevant signs and communications up. So often we've got to work in ways of trying to sort of overcome those sorts of issues of, you know, how people might not uh, undertake actions that we would like. So we have worked with students, for example, to look at signage and looking at psychology and imagery within signage, for example, to, to see how we can 
inform better um, kind of recycling actions, for example. We use things like uh, Warpit, which is a, a furniture and resource reuse platform. It's something that David is leading on within the university because the university uses a lot of resources uh, and potentially can waste a lot of resources. And what we're trying to do with that is to see how we can reuse materials that we have. So whether it's a desk, a, f- a piece of furniture, a a chair or what have you that's no longer needed we can rehome that and use this platform and it's a bit similar to to ebay i suppose to find a, a different home or a different uh, an additional use for the materials that we have so we try wherever possible to sort of identify if there's a problem what the solution is to solve that so also we work with students at the end of end of every term what we have in our halls is a huge amount of uh, really useful items that students leave behind because they, they can't take them in their bags or they can't fit them in their parents' car or whatever to, to take them home at the end of term. Um, so there's a huge amount of clothes, shoes, kitchen equipment, books, all these sorts of things which would otherwise go into into the bins really. So what we do is we work with the Brachart Foundation uh, who we organise collections with. So at the end of term, we ca- collect all of these items that students leave behind that have a, a value. And they're taken to British Heart Foundation shops and they're resold. Uh, and normally we will collect roughly about 10 tonnes of items from our halls of residence, which has a value roughly of about £13,000. And the carbon footprint of that is, is, is 50 or 60 tonnes of carbon. So there are really interesting ways of doing you know, work within universities. And there are some really interesting stories that come out of that uh, and some really interesting value that that we can illustrate that sustainability can bring. Um, because it's a good news story if we're able to raise £10,000 for a local charity. It's a great news story if we can save uh, tens of tonnes of, of carbon because, or cost, or tens of thousands of pounds of cost because we're enabling people to reuse furniture for example so those sorts of you know examples just are on waste we do quite a lot of work with our caterers so food's an interesting area whereby we're always encouraging our customers in our food outlets to possibly reduce the amount of meat that and particularly red meat that they eat because there's a significant um, carbon footprint uh, and, and water footprint that's associated with eating meat or red meat particularly so what we try and do is to sort of find ways of engaging and influencing behaviors whether that's through communications whether that's through tasting sessions through cooking demonstrations so you know trying to sort of break down some of the barriers that people might have beyond that in the food areas we we have um, done quite a few initiatives in seeing how we can reduce the number of uh, disposable cups that people use so on any normal year, we had, we use 300,000 plus uh, disposable cups. And in essence, we don't have to really use any of them. In, in, in our halls, in our, our cafes, that we have ceramic mugs. We sell, for the price of a cup of coffee, a reusable um, takeaway cup. So it really, our users don't have to you know, ask for um, disposable containers. So what we try and do is to sort of encourage people's sort of lifestyle changes. How do we encourage people to feel rather than having a Starbucks disposable cup, but actually having a reusable cup is something of a status symbol, illustrating that you actually care and take responsibility for the world around you. Um, but what we've also done is take other steps whereby in a couple of our outlets we've, we've said actually we'll, we will no longer have any disposables, so whether that's um, stirrers or uh, disposable um, drinks containers. So yes, if you go into those, then you've got to drink with uh, in ceramic mugs or um, drinks container um, and use that there. And we've done that in a couple of our outlets. One of the first universities to do this is to kind of choice edit. Uh, and it's been very successful. We've cut hugely the number of 
of cups and we've also changed people's behaviors um so yeah there's there's huge amounts that we can do and there's lots of interesting things that we do do and usually in partnership with with others so again as i said we're a very small team but our team extends beyond our our office really into our caterers into other departments within the estates team within the faculties and elsewhere Oh yeah, that's very interesting that, uh, as you mentioned earlier, it seems that a large amount of sustainability issues can be applied across the whole university. Like you said, it's sort of a microcosm for different issues in society. Straight away, you mentioned sort of a net zero carbon. In June 2019, the government set the target to achieving net zero carbon by 2050 and reinforce this target in law. Could you explain what it means to achieve net zero carbon? And does the university have specific carbon reduction targets? Yeah, so we, before the lockdown, we were hoping to, well, we were in the process of putting a paper to the, um, the senior leadership team to propose that we um, go to net zero. We agree um, the first steps towards um, moving towards a net zero campus, which really would mean, or we, we were going to call it basically our carbon commitment, really. Uh, we, we will hopefully when we go back. So what we would aim to do is to then say well, actually what does net zero really look look like within our university because we use carbon in in so many different ways particularly in our, our estates for heating powering and the buildings that we operate um, but also for example in our transport fleet in the the embedded carbon that comes in anything that we buy in in the food for example in, in so many ways so what we would want to do is to say well actually it's 2050 uh too far away really to sort of focus the attention and the action that we would need and what we would need to do is to then really undertake some research to identify really what would our net zero carbon target date be um, and hopefully it'd be a lot sooner than 2050 we would assume we would expect it to be really between 2030 and 2035 uh, however we could look at, uh, on a campus by campus basis and there are opportunities really because we're upgrading our estates continually that for example in our Avery Hill campus we could even have a, a, a net zero carbon estate there possibly by 2027 which would be great and a great thing to, to shout about however again carbon is is quite a big thing it's quite complicated to work out the and calculate exactly how much carbon you're do you're using and what you need to change to to reduce that carbon we certainly we need to change people's attitudes applies the the knowledge that exists within our academic establishment to identify really some of the innovative ways that we can reduce our carbon footprint whether that's in the technologies we use in the systems that we use uh, in new ways of working and so on uh, but it can also mean actually how do we influence people in what they use day to day so for example in our catering then again if we're, we're calculating the carbon footprint of of our our meals then a carbon, the carbon footprint of a say a beef based meal compared with one that comes from uh, vegetables would be significantly higher so how do we influence our customers to accept and, and to get be bought into our net zero carbon journey so that the changes that they make actually have a solid impact with what we're doing so yeah there's, there's quite a lot we can do and there's a lot of work that we can do to reduce our energy use throughout the campus uh, however a lot of it is actually beyond that it's actually what you know how we consider what we buy uh, how we act how do we change the systems that we use for the better really and again the it's kind of an interesting time um, because of the the lockdown that this will have a lasting impact on the amount of travel that our staff use because we, we're a three campus university which means that people do and have to camp, uh, travel between campuses 
video conferencing is, is illustrating, we can save a huge amount of time by having that meeting virtually. And, and why not really? And, and, and I think that people have overcome that hurdle of the technology not really working. And I think we can see that it is very effective and productive for a lot of people. And that's not just our staff, but also our students. Yeah, um, we had a few issues ourselves um, setting up this call. But yeah, I completely agree in terms of in my job, I think we'll do a lot more conferencing. People will travel a lot less. In your answer, you mentioned students and staff a lot, and they sound like a very important tool in sort of achieving some of the sustainability targets. I'm sure all the listeners will be aware of the school strikes across the world, and it's one of the largest voices in climate activism being Greta Thunberg. When we see climate activism, it's often young people and students that are campaigning and making their voices heard. Why do you think that's the case? And do you think because of the young student population, universities are ideal places to trial um, new sustainability projects that can then be applied to wider UK population or around the world? For me, it's hugely encouraging. I've been working in the sustainability sector for almost 30 years, uh, and there hasn't really been a time like the present where a lot of people are actually talking about climate change, and a lot of particularly younger people are talking around climate change. And one of the reasons maybe is that they you know, that they will have to deal with consequences. You know, my generation, you know, I'll have to deal with them, but not in the way that um, certainly school age and college age students will have to. And that, I'm sure, is a, is a huge worry, really. I completely agree with their, the actions they take and completely support what they do by by protesting, by getting out on the streets and saying, actually, that's enough. We need to change it. And we need we need the powers that be to change the world that that you know the students are going to be uh, entering into, and those decisions have to be made uh, now, and they're, they're very big decisions that have to be made. And you do wonder whether or not this uh, coronavirus um, pandemic has changed the approach of how people will think, because we can now think big. We can illustrate how you know, money is no longer any object um, and if we're looking at the the sort of fate of humanity and the fate of the planet uh, with regards to climate change then there are opportunities and what I'd say to students is yeah I've got a huge amount of respect for you in in campaigning and critiquing and getting involved and getting on the back of people because I think often that's the way of, of changing the system um, and we need to we need to raise this as an issue of huge importance and again students have a real opportunity to do something about it they're they're in universities they're in a you know sort of a space of enlightenment investigation and dialogue they they're in a place to challenge our um, ways of teaching our, and what we're taught uh, if I was sitting on an economics lecture then I'd certainly be asking really about green economics or sustainable economics and trying to find out the, the solutions that have to occur because we only live on one planet and there are constraints because of that, whether it's climate change, whether it's water, water availability, whether it's about um, social impact, any number of these sorts of things we really need to consider. And again, if students can ask those questions and, and demand what the tools and the knowledge they need to actually help us solve the problems, then then I'm, I'm, I'm you know, fully supportive. And that's something that I think our team is when students come to us, whether it's um, to support their um, coursework or develop projects or shadow us or, or do anything we're, we're always happy to help because again from our, our point of view it's an investment in in our own futures the more people are engaged and actively uh, engaged in sustainability then the better it is for everybody and again what my feeling is that the more people engaged 
very much connect you know with their, their purpose and their values really if sustainability is something you really care about then it, it illustrates that as a, as a personality or a human being you have a lot more to give and I think that's a really important thing and what we certainly do is to sort of encourage and, and we're encouraged too by um, students that want to do something that, that want to not just talk about sustainability but act on that so one thing that we've seen in the last academic or this current academic year is is the development of something called Ecoteam Greenwich and also its sister Ecoteam Medway. Uh, these are um, student and staff groups that come together weekly to essentially uh, not just talk about sustainability or some of these pressing issues, but act and do something. So set up initiatives, run projects so that we can show actually that you know by stepping forward and doing something you can make a difference uh, and that has had huge traction we're, we're very proud of what's happened and we've been very interested and excited because it's not just students and it's not just staff it's actually both uh, and in just the first few weeks that we delivered a huge number of of actions huge amount of publicity and we had closed swaps with exhibitions we had fundraising gigs in um for you know support uh, the wild, wildlife um, that were affected in, by the fires in, in Australia, for example. You know, we had cigarette litter picks, we had you know, poster campaigns, we had all sorts of things, which is, again is great because by enabling and illustrating students can do something and they can do something practical, then what we're saying is actually, why don't you also do something to those other people that are sitting on sidelines? Because again, you know, the, the climate change uh, issues, the you know, the issues around our resource use, around biodiversity loss won't happen because we're talking about it. You know, the, the change will happen because we do something uh, about it. And what we also encourage those students is to think, well, how can they pursue careers in, in delivering sustainability outcomes? So we're kind of, kind of connecting the, the values and the principles of our students to really their careers and to, to go out into the world and, and be professional in actually helping solve the problems. So if they're working with a big company, then why not push them to be far more sustainable than they otherwise would? And from an employer's point of view, that's probably what they're looking for as well, really, because you know having people that are interested in solving problems and understand the big challenges ahead are the people you really do want on your team because you know you want those sorts of future thinkers. You want those people with the the solutions that can help you kind of get out of the hole that you'd otherwise go get into. Um, so again, we're, we're we're really encouraged, and we want to support more and more students, not just in Greenwich but across the world, essentially to sort of to act to help us um, to move us all forward. And again, the more students that are working with us, the more student voice that we hear, then the more influence there is on our senior management really to to actually support what we're trying to do more broadly around sustainability as well you know we do have influence every decision we make has a solid uh, and a, you know impact so you know why not do something with that great and um, i'm definitely looking forward to looking into the um eco team once sort of life resumes as normal um how would a student or staff member join this eco team would they just get into contact with the university of greenwich website or there's a number of ways, I suppose. Um, you can have a look on our Twitter or basically probably the easiest way is to be on Facebook, uh, type in EcoTeams Greenwich or EcoTeams Medway and that will give you all the information and some of the examples of the activities that have happened so far. You can email us at sustainability at gre.ac.uk and we can give you the, the dates and times. Essentially, we meet up on Thursday between five and seven at, in the Dreadnought building and that's um, the room opposite Change Coffee. Um, and yeah, and to turn up uh, and we talk and we develop projects and, and that's it. And I think the meeting down in Medway, that's on Tuesdays, 
think in the deep end but again if you email us we can give you information but yeah you know we welcome anybody who's interested in in talking listening acting you know we're certainly keen on seeing what happens once we finish lockdown great so just my final question yeah to give an insight into your life at the time of this recording we're currently in lockdown due to coronavirus how are you spending your time in this lockdown juggling I think if, if it was one word it would be juggling I think <laughs> yeah it's kind of interesting because uh yeah you, you we, we have to kind of like deal with the situation that is in front of us really so whether it's sort of juggling and understanding the IT system or a new platform video conference platform or understanding how to work with your colleagues effectively um again because we work across the university we've got to work in in quite different ways and you know when we used to working face to face we're working virtually it's kind of a, an interesting way of working it's not not always that easy and again i miss that really i do miss that but on top of that we've got um childcare so we've got a one year old so um and my partner she works full time as well so We've got to try and find that way of making sure that we can care for our daughter and also and take the work that we we need to do as well. So juggling, I think, is the word that I would use just to sort of explain, really. There, there's a silver lining because we can spend an important time of our daughter's life when she's learning to walk and talk and do these sorts of interesting things. So, that's, you know, in a way, that's that's nice. You know, a lot of the time you spend actually thinking how challenging it is for other people as well, really. And what I hope is that as a society that we do come out the other end a bit more caring and community minded and we're kind of thinking actually how can we help each other and that is an interesting point really I think again I think there is a kind of before and after Covid kind of time frame and I'm certainly hoping to see that we have changed for the better in a lot of ways you know we can reflect really on our time in lockdown we can remember the people we've lost and we can remember the challenges that people have gone through but we can actually do something about that so you know in the future we do care about people and we, you know and hopefully that you know that will help us help solve you know these climate crises the these air pollution issues the you know the issues of food poverty and poverty in general so yeah I'm, it's, it's challenging time but in a way i'd hope that there's you know there is a, an interesting light at the end of the tunnel um, but we all need to sort of push for that different way of living and working. And, you know, the argument is, is that we don't want to go back to normal because normal was broken. You know, that the new normal has to be far better than what we left behind. Thank you, Simon. Um, yeah. And thank you for answering all the questions. Really interesting points have been covered throughout this episode. So that's all for me today. And if you want to find out more as a listener, the University of Greenwich website is www.gre.ac.uk forward slash sustain. And um, yeah, hopefully look forward to hearing from any of you soon. Thank you.